0: Jesus go to hell when he died and um, what did he do while he was in hell? Did he preach to people in hell and give them a second chance to be saved? This is sometimes the misunderstanding that we get from the passage of second Peter chapter three, verse 19. So that's the question that I want to answer today. Did Jesus go to hell? And what does that mean? And did he preach to those people who were once in hell who were unsaved and now they have a second chance to be saved? Just who did he preach to and what was the nature of the message that he preached? Now, first of all, we see this particular idea of how people are wrestling with this idea coming from first Peter three and 18. So let's go to that passage and then we'll talk about this issue and hopefully we'll be able to answer the question. Okay. So let's go to first Peter three and 18. But before we get to first Peter three and 18, we always need to lay a background that is context to the particular passage. So what was Peter doing? Peter was actually urging uh, the saints. He was basically talking about the idea or the theme of subjection slash obedience, even in persecution or, or in harsh treatment. Okay. So he was talking about basically obedience to God in the sense of subjection, even if such a person or such ones are being harshly treated and, uh, Uh, are, are being subject to difficulties. And we see that as he began with talking about, first, subjection to the government. And that's what he talked about, subjection to the governing officials and things of that nature, even if such governing officials are treating Christians in a difficult manner. But nevertheless, Christians are to emulate the example of Jesus Christ in their subjection And humility, and so he gave Christ as an example to that issue. So, therefore, Christians should follow Christ's example in being submissive to the government. He continued on with that same concept of submission uh, uh, to slaves that slaves should be submissive and obedient to their masters, even if their masters mistreat them. He continued that same idea that wives should be submissive or obedient to their own husbands. Even if such husbands are not Christians themselves and such husbands may treat the wives harshly. Nevertheless, it is the very point of God, the commandment of God for such submission to take place. And so now that he has done dealt with this issue of submission He returns back to the submission of Jesus Christ himself as the ultimate example and such submission of Christ uh, to even authorities that Jesus should submit to death on the cross. And this is what we take up in verse number 18. Okay, now with that background, let's see for Christ also died for sins. Once for all, that is, see, that's the idea. Jesus submitting himself, that he died even for sins. Once for all, the just for the unjust. It brings in that theme again. He died willingly, but he died in an unjust manner. He submitted himself as the ultimate example of these things. So that purpose, purpose of Jesus' death, that he may bring us to God, having been put to death in the flesh, but made alive in the spirit. He died in the flesh, but nevertheless, even though his body was dead on the cross, his spirit is still alive. He is made alive in the spirit. Now dealing with that issue of his spirit being alive, we get to that verse of difficulty. Verse 19 in which also he went and made proclamation to the spirits now in prison. Now that's our point. He went and made proclamation to the spirits now in prison. So now we see Jesus after his death making some sort of giving, making some sort of a message. I think the King James Version may say he preached to the spirits, okay? But nevertheless, he made proclamation to spirits, and that is his. His message that he gave was not unto people who are alive in the flesh, but people who have died and now are in spirits. Or should I say to those that whom are in spirit and not in flesh? All right. But we need to continue to read verse number 20 to get a better idea of to whom he made those proclamations, okay? So that we can understand what those proclamations are. But before we do get there, let me make a a point about the word proclamation. The word proclamation that we see here comes from the word caruzzo, which means to proclaim or to announce. So the first thing that we can understand is he did not. Peter did not use the word that comes from the root you and That is to preach the gospel. He did not use that word. Uh, he did not use that particular term, which means to preach the gospel. So that's the first thing that we need to see. So Peter is not saying the message that Jesus announced was the gospel message. Remember, Only by giving the gospel message can a person be saved. That's one of our first keys. He didn't use that term. So Jesus did not preach the gospel. He did not preach. What is the gospel? His death, burial. And of of course, right now, Jesus has not even resurrected now. But the gospel deals with death, burial and resurrection That was not the message that Jesus preached. So clearly we are able to see what's being inferred here. I'm inferring is the message is not a message that would save people. In other words, nobody would get a second chance of life from this message. Nobody would get a second chance of salvation. But nevertheless, let's continue so we can understand to whom so that we can even determine the complete nature of that message. Now, we were already dealing with by the very usage of the word Caruso, uh, the point that he was doing simply proclamation of a message and that message was not the gospel. But let's continue in verse number 20 so we can see the rest of this. And then we'll we'll, we'll bring up, bring this all the way around. He proclaimed to the proclamation of the spirits in prison 20 who once were disobedient. So notice these were those who are not saved once disobedient when the patience of God kept waiting in the days of Noah during the construction of the ark in which a few that is eight persons were brought safely through the water. So now we got an understanding of the who and the when. So the point is Jesus proclaimed a message to spirits. That is beings who are spirit beings. If man, they were dead beings. but we're going to talk about that disobedient. They were disobedient when God waited patiently at what time during the time when Noah was building the ark and only eight people. We're saved. So we know that we take us all the way back to Genesis chapter six, basically six, seven, and eight during that particular period of time. When Noah uh, was preaching the gospel, Peter also lets us know that that Noah was a preacher of righteousness and Noah preached. And when I, when I say gospel, (laughs) I simply mean the message to which God had given Noah to preach. Noah did not preach the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. He was simply preaching, announcing a message that God was giving his generation. And the, the people in Noah's generation, whatever great number that was, and that was a great number of people, during those 120 years of Noah's preaching, they did not respond to Noah's preaching For had they responded to Noah's preaching, they would have gotten on the boat on Noah's ark. But the evidence that they were they did not respond to Noah's preaching. They did not get on the ark. Therefore, they were lost in the waters of judgment. All right. So now that's the point. These are those spirits who were disobedient in that time. So though that generation of men, Jesus went back to proclaim a message to them those who were disobedient in that particular time and those men were in sheol that is sheol is the hebrew idea of hades hades is the, is simply the world of departed spirits namely that world of departed spirits is gehenna that is the burning hell. This is what is referred to as hell. When men die and their spirits immediately, if they don't know, if they are not elect, if they're not saved, they go to hell immediately. So those spirits of men in the time of Noah, Jesus proclaimed a message of his death. He proclaimed the message of his death, which was the sign of judgment for those men, okay? So for those who were lost, Jesus went into hell, Gehenna, to proclaim a message that he had triumphed. See, the cross for Jesus is triumph, triumphant. Satan had come continually tried to keep Jesus from going to the cross. He tried to keep Jesus from being born into the world. We see that with the death by Herod, the great of those babies, remember? And he also tried to keep Jesus from going to the cross. We see that in the temptations of Jesus, We remember when Jesus went into the wilderness and he was tempted by Satan and ultimately Satan asked Jesus bow, bow before him and he would give Jesus the kingdoms of the world. But if Jesus submitted to taking the easy route, bowing to Satan and receiving the kingdom from Satan, he would not have gone to the cross. And we see Jesus, Satan, continuously trying to keep Jesus from going to the cross. Remember, he even used Peter and he got into Peter. What did Jesus say to Peter? The Lord rebuke you, Satan, because you uh, care about the things of men rather than the kings of God. He said that to Peter when Peter said to Jesus that Jesus would not die. The whole point is Satan tried to prevent Jesus from coming into the world, fulfilling God's mandate for his life in going to the cross and dying because dying on the cross would be triumphant for Jesus. And Jesus spoke about that in the book of John, that now is the ruler of this world cast down. When is he cast down? Jesus said, if I be lifted up. I will draw all men unto me. So Satan always tried to do that. So once Jesus went to the cross, the point is it was a triumph for the son of God, namely the son of man, as it speaks to his flesh, his humanity. So in doing that, he went into hell itself and proclaimed the message of victory. All right. Now, Matter of fact, and since I'm there, Hell and Sheol, all right, he went to that part, Hell Gehenna, Gehenna, the burning fire. But also, Jesus went into another compartment of the underworld. Sometimes people call it hell. But we got to remember the Sheol Hades has different compartments. He went, He went to the righteous dead. Remember. Uh, First of all, let's talk about paradise, paradise. This is where when the the righteous souls, that is before the resurrection of Jesus, before the resurrection of Jesus. All right. For his resurrection and ascension, the righteous dead went into paradise. This is the part of Sheol called paradise. Old Testament saints went into paradise. Paradise. The reason why they went there is because even though they had faith in the uh, promises of God and the blood sacrifices, we know that the blood sacrifices could not take away sin. So, therefore, they had to wait into this particular place until the blood of Jesus might be shed, and this blood will take away the sins of both the Old Testament saints as well as New Testament saints. Okay? What did, what did the book right of Hebrews say? We know that the blood of bulls and goats cannot take away sins. So therefore, Jesus came to shed his own blood to cleanse the sins of saints, both Old Testament saints, New Testament saints. But nevertheless, so therefore, they went into this place called paradise. And remember concerning paradise, when Jesus was on the cross, remember that thief who expressed faith in Jesus? What was the promise of Jesus to this particular thief today? Notice what he said. Jesus said today you will be with me in paradise. Okay. So the paradise that Jesus spoke of that he talked about Lazarus going to in the book of Luke chapter 16. This is the same place that Jesus also went with with the thief on the believing thief on the cross. This is that same paradise that Jesus went. And so Jesus also went into this paradise where the spirits of the saints of old, the saints had died before him. And therefore there's a proclamation of his victory to those spirits of dead men, the same uh, proclamation of victory. All right. Now let us get to second part the spirits of the dead. There is another uh, particular group that is called spirits that are referred to as spirits. And these are demonic spirits, demonic spirits. Notice once again, when we go back to where it talks about in first Peter chapter 20, the spirits 19 who were once disobedient when in the time of Moses. Now, We I'm sorry, (laughs) not Moses, but Noah. We know that there were uh, angelic spirits who were uniquely disobedient during this particular time. This is what Peter talks about in second Peter, who the spirits who were kept in prison. Second Peter talks about the prison who were kept in chains in darkness in prison, in sometimes the king, the, the King James Version calls it hell. In prison during the time of Noah. Now, the right understanding, and, and Jude also makes a reference to these spirits. However, that translation should be Tartarus. Once again, the reference is to Sheol, place of the dead. Remember, the compartments that we commonly call hell. So this is the compartment of hell for angelic creatures referred to as Tartarus. Tartarus has the compartment of hell, Sheol, Hades, the world of departed spirits called Tartarus that was unique for angels who had committed fornication, angels who married human women. That's in Genesis chapter six and these angels left their habitation, as Jude said. They committed a unique fornication by marrying, having sexual union with human women, and that's what created the uh, what we call the fallen ones, the Nephilim, and sometimes the King James version calls it the giant, but I'm not gonna get into that. But nevertheless, these angels, because of that particular and unique sin with human women, were bound and kept in chains permanently and they would never be released. They would not go to the abyss, temporary place for angels, uh, but I'm not going to get into that. (laughs) But they were bound unto Tartarus to await the final day of the resurrection of the dead, which these angels would be cast into the lake of fire. So Jesus went down and preached a message to these spirits, these disobedient angelic spirits, to proclaim victory. And in proclaiming the victory, that would announce that their judgment was sealed. That is, indeed, one day there will be a final judgment for these angelic spirits. There is no victory for Satan, Jesus has gone to the cross and now they themselves would be judged in the final judgment. So in a nutshell, when Jesus went into, quote unquote, hell, what was the message that he preached and to whom did he preach? There was a twofold angle to that message to the just that is to those saints who were in paradise It was an announcement of message of victory and that one day they would be in the very presence of God. And that's when we see Jesus. That's in the book of Ephesians. And I I can't get into it, but just let me tell you, when Jesus ascended into heaven, he emptied out paradise and he took those souls who were once in paradise To heaven and now they can be with God because the shed blood of Jesus, the Messiah, the Lamb of God was shed. So it was a message of victory. And so announcement of peace. But to those who were disobedient, wicked men, it was an announcement of their judgment, a seal of their judgment. We'll see that in the resurrection of the unjust dead. Revelation 20 and to the mess and to angels that sinned in the time of Noah, that particular group, it was an announcement of judgment. So we see the proclamation of Jesus was not to preach the gospel to give people who are dead a second chance. It was a pronouncement that a victory for righteous men, That you are right with God because Jesus' blood is shed. Unrighteous men, judgment unto you. And to angels, judgment unto you is certain. All right. Catch you on the next one.